By show of hands, who of y'all had a COVID-19 test? Who had a test done? All right, the two of us. There's two versions. There's the old one with the long Q-tip that is about that length, and that goes all the way back to the back of your skull. <laughs> and then there's the new kind with the regular Q-tips where they stand in the front of your nostrils, but they do both ends. They're not pretty, uh, but they make sense in the situations when you have them. And getting to one is a process. So we just went to one yesterday. So first you got to register online, check your symptoms, give your history, all the blah, blah stuff. A couple of days later they call you back and then they schedule the appointment with you. You drive up at the designated time. You sit in your car, got your mask on, Wait for the person to come to your window. They hold up a sign that says, show me your ID and your insurance card if you have one. And you hold them against your window. You don't know, roll it down, right? And they put down all their information that they need and whatnot. And you wait. And your car slowly pulls forward as people make progress through that line. Lots of waiting. And then you come to the place where the actual testing happens. Another person comes up, holds up their sign. You may now roll down the window. Okay, you roll down the window. They hand you a clipboard. No, they don't hand it to you because you can't touch the clipboard. They give you a fresh pen and a big package of paperwork stuff. And you sign the consent that they may poke your nose, right? But you, touch, you don't touch the clipboard doing that. And you keep the pen. They have nice pens for that. They got a collection. So if you need new pens, get a COVID test. <laughs> so you get to keep your pen and you sign without touching the clipboard. And then comes the Q-tip thing and that's pretty much it. You roll up your window and you go. And then begins the hard part. The waiting game. They say 2 to 14 work days. Initially, that was even a little bit longer. Now, the two days are more realistic, so it takes a while. And then at a random time throughout your day, you get that phone call with the results. Waiting for test results is tough. Who has ever had any lab work done and was anxious waiting for those results? You all know that. Waiting is tough. And waiting is what I want to talk about today. Waiting happens in what is also called liminal spaces. Liminality is that space between the old past and the new future. The new normal, as they say, right? As the old normal goes away and the new normal comes in, in between is the liminal space. And those are spaces you can't skip over. You gotta hang out there for a little bit and make that transition work. You can't skip over them. You got to be aware of them and you got to be aware of yourself and how you feel in them. Because waiting for those test results, I can get nuts. Don't know where to put yourself, what to do with yourself, how to react to people. 
that stuff is always on your mind. You're working through it. The fears, the hopes, the I don't know, I don't care anymore feelings, those types of things. Liminal spaces, transitions, moving from one situation to the next. We do those things 100 times a day in minor ways that aren't as dramatic as waiting for a big result. In my clinical work, every door I cross has a sanitizer thing at it. Every room I enter comes with a squirt of sanitizer. And then I come out and guess what I do? It's that transition piece, that ritual between every encounter. But like we've all learned over the last months or so, how to properly wash your hands, right? I never learned that you've got to scrub your nail beds washing your hands, except for when you see actual mud under there. But no, there's germs under there that you don't even see. If you have mud under there, it's probably fine because it probably doesn't have any viruses in it, but now we look at that stuff. And then there are those situations when you need to wash your hands. I didn't know how many there were until it actually mattered, right? If you're wearing a mask today, once you touch your mask, you gotta wash your hands because otherwise, whatever contaminants your face was protected from are now in your hands. Otherwise, you don't need a mask. You don't wash your hands every time you touch it. So those are the transitions that we live through. But when you go to the doctors and you hang out in that waiting room, it used to be really horrible, right? They had magazines from three, four, five, six months ago. And then it got a little better. They got TVs in there. And now you just bring your own phone and you're your happy self regardless of where you are. But it's still a space in between, between where you came from and going into the doctors for whatever it may be. The kids have a fun question about those in-between spaces. In which order do you put on your socks and shoes? Because once you exit the house, you've got to think about those things, or you don't think about them. I never thought about them, but I put on my socks first, then my left shoe, then my right shoe. But you could actually put on your right sock on and your right shoe, and then your left sock and your left shoe. How do you do those things that get you from one place to the next? How do you create those situations? What do you do in between? Those things matter. Our cat knows that. Have you ever seen your cat going into the house? You open the door because she's scratched on the window screen. Ours does that. And we have a doormat at the front door with Yoda on it. Our cat seems to be afraid of Yoda because she takes at least a couple of minutes tiptoeing around the doormat, not stepping on Yoda because it takes her forever to get through the door, crossing that threshold, exiting that liminal space. I don't know what she's thinking about, but I was just out there hunting all those birds and whatnot, and now I've got to go inside to my humans and be different. That's a transition that she's making, and it takes forever. This week, I've seen a couple of Jewish patients, and walking into their homes is always special because at the doorpost, you have the mezuzah, that little scroll with the Torah and with the little commandments in it. Every time an Orthodox Jew crosses 
through their front door. They touched their mezuzah, reminding them of the law of God. The doorpost is a good transition point to touch base with God, literally. Hey, you're there in my door frame. I honor this transition by checking in with you. Jesus has a very clear sense of what liminality entails. We just heard it. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belt, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Jesus calls us to not take gold or silver or copper or extra clothing or sandals or staff, all the stuff that we think that we need that is important. Don't bring your intentions, your attitudes that worked in that situation into the next. Check them at the door. What worked back then may not be what you need in the next situation. Or it may be, but it's not up to you, because you'll find different people there with different needs. I have to exit first, empty myself, and then step into the next thing. Bringing yesterday's equipment to today's challenges is not helpful. Don't take any gold, silver, copper, staff, whatever you think you may need. It's like baptism, where We'll cleanse, we'll wash, we'll drown and come out new. Or it's like in Revelations where it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end are in God's hands anyway. That's where you need to go. It's putting that transition in God's hands and not relying on the things and attitudes and hopes from the past. Now, working in the liminal spell space is a challenging spiritual practice. Emptying yourself. Not taking all that stuff. Opening yourself up for the new situation. And not bringing anything with you. Check your baggage at the door. No gold, no silver, no copper, no staff. As you came to church this morning, you may have come with hopes and dreams and fears and thoughts and feelings and whatnot. But then once we start and sing and say to call to worship, confess our sins, we're trying to put all those things away, behind us, to enter this space that is in between our weeks. So you go in into that new situation and you assess what it looks like. And you respond appropriately because you didn't bring the old staff from your last situation. And you may come into a situation that's just not right for you. Jesus says, if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. It's okay to walk away. You don't have to stay wherever you are. 
and figuring those things out, what needs to be done in between. That's the hard work that needs to be done in liminal spaces in order for transitions to become positive experiences. A few examples. So when I'm at work, I know what I'm doing, and I do it over and over again until the workday is done. And then it's time to go home. The rhythm at home is totally different. There's four different people there that have seen different things throughout the day. And just the moment I come in, they may be doing something that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, totally, they probably are. So whatever needs I may have for that situation, I gotta fix them before I get in there. I can't come home super hungry expecting dinner. That may not be where they're at in their situation. I gotta get my own snack. My expectations and needs are the old staff and gold coins that Jesus tells me not to bring home. Don't bring them. But when we're all together at home, like so many of us are these days, and you go from one room to the next, there's another person there, maybe watching a different TV program than you were in your room. Who does that? Mm -hmm. As you go from one room to the next, and you see that other person in your life, you got to check on them and what they need. You can't just enter a space without checking in on them. Look at them. Feel them. And you got to prepare yourself for that, because you may have something on your mind, right? I just wanted to grab that book, but there's still a person there. For those that are in between addiction and recovery, they experience that golden moment of finding their lack of control, when all they can finally understand is the serenity prayer that there are things you can't control. That space of letting go of what you thought you had control over, but then you don't, and then finding a new life in that new space of recovery. Or when you lose a job and your whole life collapses and you don't know what the future may hold, you're in that liminal space where your job is discernment. What's the new direction going to be? Because you can't probably jump just into the next gig. There is that pause, that in-between moment. Or when, you, we've been married, when you've been married for a while and it's time to divorce, and you do that, and then you're there, and you're by yourself all of a sudden, and you don't know, who am I as a person? I'm not just half of a couple. That's a liminal space where you discover identity. Who am I now? in this new situation, this new normal. In all this, those confusing situations that we can find ourselves in, the psalmist reminds us that we're not alone. Those transitions, we're not lost in. The psalm loudly shouts, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. 
exiting the old normal, entering the new normal. Again, the Lord will keep you going out and you're coming in. All that is in God's hands. You're not in that alone. And worship is a great workout to practice skills needed in the liminal spaces. That's how we worship. That's what we do here. We start with worship and adoration. Then we do listening and responding of the word. And then we bless the church and the world. Coming in, ruminating in the word, moving out. That's what the church does. We provide that space between the weeks to be present with ourselves, with our community, with our God, and just be for an hour. And then we get to step into the new week, having left the old behind, the joys, the concerns, the sins, the whatever it was. Remember how we started out with the COVID test? I'm going back to infection control now. Because I've created a little liturgy that I do at least a dozen times a day. And that's a good piece of practice that you can use to extend this hour of worship. Because I wash my hands all day now, pretty much. And you've got to do that for 20 seconds, right? Nail beds and stuff. Now, how do you count those 20 seconds? Here's my suggestion. Say the Lord's Prayer. Because you washed your hands at those crucial moments of transition. After doing the dishes, after using the restroom, going from one place to the next, after touching your mask. That's when you wash your hands. And you've got to think about what the next step is, the next person you encounter, the next feeling you will have, the next situation you're going into. And it's good to ask God to be with you in that. The Lord will keep you going out and you're coming in. You can do that by counting those 20 seconds by saying the Lord's Prayer. Wash your hands with the Lord's Prayer. God is in those in-between spaces. And as you move from one situation to the next, remember the Lord will keep you going out and you're coming in. Amen.